0: Welcome back to another episode of the Unlearning Podcast. My name is Ashley Lynn Hanks, and I am your host, your guide, and your biggest cheerleader on your journey of faith. Today's episode is the July episode of The Briefing, news and events from a progressive Christian point of view. I know it's coming in late, but I'm excited to share this episode On today's show, I'll be writing solo as I walk through some of the biggest news events in the month of July. This Friday, I'll be doing the August briefing episode with Dr. Tracy Chanel and Pastor Hannah Sims. And so I'm super excited about that. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. Please do so. Each week, I bring you episodes on powerful stories in the Bible, hot topics in deconstruction, And our Friday Field Notes episode, where I talk about how to reconstruct your faith after a season of deconstruction. The July episode of The Briefing is an episode on news and events from a progressive Christian worldview. And it's coming to you late this month because my wife and I had the privilege of finally going on our honeymoon Jen and I got married in March 2021, one year after the start of the pandemic. And at that time, even in 2021, it was pretty dangerous to travel. And so we waited until this summer to have our honeymoon. We had an amazing time visiting my wife's family and road tripping down the southeast. If you haven't ever been to North Carolina or Charleston or St. Augustine, you should definitely check that out. The southeastern part of our country is beautiful with so much history. We spent our honeymoon driving down the southeast and we ended our time in Sanibel Island in Florida, which was really, really beautiful. And I hope you had a great summer with lots of time for rest and adventure. As the season begins to wind down, I'm grateful that I live in a city, in a region, in Los Angeles, where the beach days are just getting better. My wife and I plan to spend more time outside going to Shakespeare in the park with friends and to the Hollywood Forever Cemetery to see In It's just going to be a wonderful season. And so I'm, I'm grateful that we get to spend time together with people we love. It's such a blessing to have hot summer nights going into the fall in Los Angeles. And so I hope that you are, if you're living in the LA area, taking massive opportunities to go out there and to enjoy this time. Now, the news was relatively slow in July. In July, we saw the exquisite images of NASA's James Webb telescope, the continuation of the midterm elections, the passing of the Inflation Reduction Act, and former President Trump's Margot Island fiasco. And there's a lot to dig into today. So I'm going to go ahead and just get started. Now, last year on Christmas Day, NASA launched the James Webb Space Telescope to go out into the farthest reaches of space in order to take photographs of galaxies and stars that existed long ago. For anyone new to NASA and space exploration, James Webb was the former NASA administrator appointed by President Kennedy, who oversaw the early years of NASA and the Apollo program. Webb's ability to negotiate and to navigate politics made him one of the biggest reasons why NASA got the funding it did to put a man on the moon. And so it's an honor that this amazing telescope is named after him. The goal of this telescope was to take photos of the stars and galaxies that existed over 13 billion years ago, in which scientists believe was the beginning of Earth's history. There was nothing primitive about these galaxies, they were big, strong, and glorious looking even thirteen billion years ago, which means the universe was functioning brightly and in such a sophisticated manner, even then, hopefully, these pictures deepen your understanding in awe of eternity and how God never had a beginning and will never have an end. The James Webb Space Telescope is parked in a part of our solar system where the gravitational pull of the sun and the earth commingle, This location is called the second Lagrang point or L2. Lagrang points are points in space where satellites can park with little fuel consumption because they're being moved along an orbital tract and held there by two larger objects. In the case of James Webb's telescope, it is the sun and our planet. And so the James Webb telescope is in L2. All that to say, the images that came in through July are spectacular. It's unlike anything we've ever imagined. And the speed of light is only so fast. So when we see these pictures of the galaxies today, we are actually seeing them as they were 13 billion years ago, which is about the time that scientists say the sun and the earth were formed. Now, I'm going to put a link to a New York Times article in the show notes in case you want to see the images yourself. The article has a great video as well that explains the telescope much better than I did. Shortly after the images from the James Webb telescope came through, I heard a sermon by an evangelical pastor named Levi Lusco, whom I love. Levi Lusco is a pastor of Fresh Life Church in Montana, where he warned people about the images. Now, this is a guy who loves. Space. Levi Lusco loves all things NASA and space so much so that he wrote a wonderful book called The Last Supper on the Moon. Now, I love this book. I absolutely love The Last Supper on the Moon. It ignited a passion for NASA within me, a passion for space exploration in me that really expanded my soul and my, my view of life. But I would recommend this book to everyone, especially if you're sensitive to evangelical theology. It is a deeply evangelical book, but I really enjoyed it. And so Levi Lusco follows NASA closely and he knew about the James Webb telescopes. It wasn't a state secret. He follows NASA and he was really threatened by them. Hear him now. I hope you got your calendar set on Tuesday for these initial images of the James Webb telescope, which launched on Christmas Day and is currently sitting a million miles away, taking photos of what CBS has called the let there be light moment. In the initial sneak peeks they've already released. But listen, whatever we see that Webb reveals on Tuesday, and I will be on the live stream. Um, <laughs> just take with a grain of salt anything any expert ever says. Sometimes I think what makes the evangelical church so problematic is its mythical approach to Christianity. It's kind of like how we talk about Santa Claus. As children, we are taught that Santa Claus is making a list and checking it twice, gonna find out who's naughty or nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. Okay, I'm mixing songs, but you know the part where he sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. Okay, so um, yeah, I'm not in the choir at church, but I really like singing. So anyway, Santa is sometimes how we see God, especially as we grow up with this image of God as Father. And when we learn that Santa Claus is really daddy and daddy or mommy and daddy, we realize that this entire myth about Santa Claus living in the North Pole with a bunch of elves and Will Ferrell, we realize that this is is a lie and it's not real and it's not worth our belief. And so everything is dependent upon this one thing being true, that Santa Claus is a real person. When we pin our entire belief system on one thing being true, whether it's biblical inerrancy or the exclusivity of Christ, that was a big one for me as a teenager, the exclusivity of Christ. When we pin our entire belief system on one thing being true, if that thing isn't true, then nothing else matters. Then why follow Christ? Why be a Christian if Christ is not the only way? You see, evangelical or not, walking by faith in Christ is hard. Turning the other cheek, praying for your enemies, giving to support the life of the church, this is all hard. None of this is easy, whether you're evangelical or not. None of this is easy, whether you believe in biblical inerrancy or not. But let's just be honest, it's even harder if you're gay and an evangelical or trans and a Christian. But this is what we're taught to believe. That if one thing is taken out of this house of cards, it all falls down. That's just not true. That is just not true. But when we do believe these things, and everything is dependent upon this one doctrine or this one belief, or that Santa Claus is real, and that we have to believe that or everything else falls apart, it creates a mythical quality to our faith, where facts and science and pictures from a telescope that show images of galaxies 13 billion years ago. Have no validity. And we equate, we subconsciously carry the same mythical approach to Santa Claus that we do to God. Now, listen, I promise you the Christian faith can handle reality. The Christian faith can handle facts and science and errors in scripture and other religions and atheistic beliefs. The Christian faith can still bloom alongside the legitimacy of other religions. God is no more threatened by differing beliefs or our unbelief than she is by butterflies. Even though the sun and the moon and the earth and the stars that we see began 13 billion years ago, it doesn't mean that God began 13 billion years ago. God is from everlasting to everlasting, and no matter what happens, she remains. In other news, Congress recently passed what the New York Times is calling the most significant federal investment in history to counter climate change and lower the cost of prescription drugs, end quote. It's also the most significant bipartisan measure taken by Congress in a long, long time. This Inflation Reduction Act will bring in more than $370 billion into climate and energy programs and could cause the U.S. to cut greenhouse gas emissions by 40%. The bill also allows Medicare for the first time in history to cap the amount people pay out of pocket for prescription drugs to $2,000 a year. The Inflation Reduction Act also increases the coverage for people under the Affordable Care Act for three years. Now, this big increase in federal funding comes with a big increase in taxes for the rich, mostly large corporations who can provide the tax, taxing them at a minimum of 15%. This is so huge, really huge. And I hope that the Inflation Reduction Act renews your faith in our federal government and in our legislative system. So much of our challenges today are rooted in our lack of faith in our institutions whether it be government institutions or police or churches or whatever. Lots of people have lost complete faith in many institutions. And so I hope this begins to rebuild a lot of that. The next big thing we should all be thinking about is voting rights and the midterm primary election. Midterm elections happen at the middle of every presidential term. And this midterm primary is especially important because it has the ability to flip the mostly Democratic House into a more Republican House, which would make passing progressive legislation or anything Biden proposes incredibly difficult. Just to give you a few numbers, 435 voting members of the House are up for election, 35 seats in the Senate, and 36 governorships are up for election in this midterm primary. So it's really important that we get involved in our state and local politics to encourage one another to get out there and vote. I think it's easy to feel discouraged by our political system after four years of President Trump violently wrecking our country. But I don't want you to lose faith. I want to encourage you to have faith in our collective ability as communities in this country to band together and to do the right thing. And speaking of President Trump, the final news item that I want to talk to you about today is the investigation into President Trump's home for classified documents. Now, we aren't sure exactly what these documents are. The FBI isn't making that clear. And quite frankly, I don't need them to. I personally don't think the government needs to disclose every single thing they do. I do believe in making certain information classified there is evil in the world, and that if we aren't wise about what we're sharing, it can be used to hurt our nation and other people. If you aren't familiar with Trump holding classified documents in his Margot Island home, let me catch you up. Trump has documents from his time as president that he should have given to the National Archives at the end of his term. That's the rule. That's not a punishment towards Trump. That is the way we function and protect the office of the presidency and defend national security. So many of his supporters are incredibly radical. You know this. He inspires people to do crazy illegal things, including raiding FBI offices. 42-year-old Ricky W. Schiffer tried to break into the FBI's Cincinnati office a couple of weeks ago, threatening to kill a federal agent over the Margot Island investigation. This is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. But further evidence showing how much we have lost faith in our institutions on both sides of the political aisle. To be clear, progressives are not doing this. They're not killing FBI agents or police over strong disagreements. But I think this hysteria is rooted in massive distrust in the federal government and in our institutions. And although there needs to be changes in lots of institutions, including the police, including our medical system, including the government, we need to get to a place where we can begin to trust one another again, even if we greatly disagree. Well, that's all I have for this month's edition of The Briefing. Thank God it's been a slow news month. And thank you so much for joining me on this episode of The Briefing. Our thoughts and prayers are with the family of Anne Heche and Olivia Newton-John. Very sad to lose these two wonderful women, and we are praying for them. Until next time, my name is Ashley Lynn Hanks, and you are listening to The Unlearning Podcast.